Well, and as they're going down, I'd love to introduce you. A lot of you have got to hear him uh, back in February on a Sunday, but if you don't know him, this is my dad, Walter Crouch, and I got to say two things before I give it to him, all right? One, if he does a great job, just remember, he's my dad, <laughs> and I'm responsible for who speaks here on Wednesday night, right? But if it's not so good, uh, he's his own person, guys. <laughs> and I can't be responsible for the things that come out of his mouth. No, very excited to hear you. Thanks for coming. Thanks, 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 Dale. Y'all excited about Easter, huh? All right. I tell you, I get excited because, you know, this is one time of year where it's okay to eat all the candy, right? I mean, chocolate, chocolate, chocolate. But I think it brings out some of the worst in some of our kids, though. I mean, they get those chocolate bunny rabbits. What do they eat first? The head and ears, right? I mean, come on. I mean, what does that say about us? I mean, start at the feet or the tail, but no, they always start at the head, right? And eat the head first. And chocolate's not bad for you, though. It's okay. Chocolate comes from cocoa beans, and beans equals vegetable, right? So when I go to Starbucks and get a coffee and a chocolate donut, that's two vegetables. I'm not doing really well. So, I mean, that works. I mean, same way I exercise, right? I get a thing of popcorn. I pop in you know, uh, sweating to the oldies into the thing, you know, to do my exercise. I lay on the couch and watch it, and I never lose a pound. It just doesn't work that way. So, so anyway, so I, you know, a lot of you are uh, maybe doing a Lenten fast. Anyone doing a Lenten fast from, from Ash Wednesday until uh, till Easter Sunday? Uh, in the past, I've given up chocolate, and I've given up candy, and I've given up uh, carbonated drinks, and man, it was always so tough. So this year, I decided I'd give up liver, and that, uh, that's worked out. It's worked out really, really, really well for me. Well, I want you to laugh a little bit tonight, because tonight, you know, what I'm going to preach on really takes some reaction and interaction with you all. I mean, it really does. Um, and, and you'll understand that in just a moment. So our scripture passage tonight, our main scripture passage, comes from 1 Peter chapter 1. And I'm going to read verses 3 through 9 to you. So 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 3 through 9. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you who by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you rejoice, though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials, so that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold that perishes through it, though it is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Though you have not seen him, you love him. Though you do not see him, you believe in him and rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory, obtaining the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. I love that passage of Scripture. You'll understand in just a minute why. Because I think upon it hangs what I call both the hope and joy of of every Christian. I think a lot of us understand the hope 
of every Christian. But I wonder sometimes if we are able to live out the joy that every Christian should live out in light of the resurrection of Christ. Dr. George Sweeting tells a story about in the 1920s in Russia when a communist leader by the name of Nikolai Bukharin went from Moscow to Kiev to address an anti-God rally. For an hour, he abused and ridiculed the Christian faith until it seemed as if the whole structure of belief was in ruins. Then questions were invited when he was finished. An Orthodox church priest rose and asked to speak. Instead of facing Bukharin, though, he turned to the crowd, looked out at them, and gave the Easter greeting, He is risen! And immediately the assembly stood to its feet and replied back loud and clear, He is risen indeed. In the Orthodox church and in Russia, Easter itself is a bigger deal than Christmas. And shouldn't it be? When you go over there, you see things like painted eggs and, and the Fabergé eggs are world famous. And there's something about Easter and the hope that Easter gives that has penetrated the, the very heart of people in that part of the world that sometimes we don't celebrate as well here in the United States. I mean, we make a big deal of Christmas, and we should. I mean, it's the incarnation. It's the coming of Christ. But I'm here to tell you, without the resurrection... As Paul said, we are men and women to be most pitied. One theologian put it this way, the resurrection of Jesus Christ is the greatest feat in the annals of human history. It is the very capstone in the arc of Christianity. Without it, all else crumbles. When we fully comprehend the significance of resurrection, our lives will be revolutionized. Without resurrection, there is no hope. Indeed, without resurrection... There would be no Christianity. Do you believe that? Do you believe that? In fact, I'm going to test you right now. Okay? I'm going to make you into Orthodox Christians for just a moment. I mean, Orthodox simply means that you're holding to Orthodoxy, the truth. So I'm going to say something, and I'm going to see if you just get it. All right? He is risen. Oh, no you got to do it louder than the guy who says it first, right? I mean, that's just the way it works, okay? All right, he is risen. He is risen indeed. There you go. Now you're getting the point. We're going to have a little bit of participation this evening, and I want you to participate. As Christians, we celebrate Christ's resurrection at Easter. And not only do we look back 2,000 years, we also look forward to another resurrection, do you understand that it's clear in Scripture that just as Christ was the first fruits of resurrection, that we too someday will be resurrected from the dead in like manner? Now, unfortunately, though, there are polls out there that show over 50% of Christians today do not believe that we will have a bodily resurrection someday. I find that sad, but I also think that's one of the reasons that the church of Jesus Christ sometimes does not experience joy in the way that we should. Romans 6, 5 says, if we have been united with him like this in his death, we will certainly also be united with him in his resurrection. In his resurrection, we shall rise in like manner. When we say he is risen, it also means that we will rise again someday. 
Back in 1982, this is, now I'm dating myself, okay, 1982. Some of you are like, that was before I was born. And some of you are like, I graduated from high school before then. So join my crowd if you graduated from high school before then. 1982, though, that at Badger Stadium in Wisconsin, Wisconsin football team was playing Michigan State, and they were getting killed in the game. I mean, they were getting killed. 60,000 fans, they're getting killed on the football field. But ever so often, there would be roars arise and clapping in the stands. And everybody was like, what in the world is going on? I mean, you're getting killed on the football field, but yet they keep hearing these applause and people cheering in the stands while their team's getting beat up on the field. Well, as it turns out, some 70 miles away from Badger Stadium, the Milwaukee Brewers were beating the St. Louis Cardinals in Game 3 of the World Series. And many of the Badger fans did what? They had earphones in listening to the baseball game. And while their football team was getting killed right in front of their eyes, they were cheering to victory that was happening somewhere else. Well, man, I think that's a great illustration of what we as Christians should be doing and living in this world. While we see the world around us sometimes seem like it's going to hell, While it seems like there's chaos out there, inside our heads, though, we're hearing a different tune. We're marching to a different drummer. We are hearing the music of the resurrection. And as we hear the music of the resurrection, it doesn't necessarily matter what goes on around us because we can cheer and applaud and have peace and joy within. Right? I mean, that's what gives us joy. The resurrection gives the Christian joy hope, and because of that, we end up with joy, with joy. I tell you, one of the most fun times I ever had was when I was a pastor in Waco, Texas, and I started exchanging pulpits one time a year with Napoleon Weaver at Good Samaritan Baptist Church, an African-American church in town. And you know, I was at a good little church, First Baptist Church, Elmont, we tripled in size, we were having a lot of good things going on there. But man, I look forward to going to Good Samaritan Baptist Church. Why? Because when I went down there, those people had joy. And I'm talking, they weren't afraid to express it. And I tell you, the, the worship was incredible. The people sung to the top of their lungs. I just loved it. Their choir, oh my gosh, their choir just knocked my socks off. And I'd get up to preach, and I'd start preaching, and they'd start interacting with my preaching. And by the time I got finished, I was wet as a rag. I was wore out. My people that came to hear me would say, why don't you preach that way at our church? And I go, why don't you all respond the way they respond when I preach? And, you got, and, and they do. It, it's, a, it's a conversation. They'll say yes. They'll say amen. They'll say hallelujah. Once in a while, they'll say help them, Lord. <laughs> right? And sometimes they even say, oh, no. But it's a conversation. And it's because what? Because this joy, this expression, this love that they have, the group participation was just incredible. I came to understand and appreciate the African-American church so much through that experience. And I love African-American black preaching. I love it. Absolutely love it. E.V. Hill preached one of the greatest sermons I ever heard over his wife at her funeral where he cried and rejoiced all at the same time, right? The present reality was before him, 
But the music of the resurrection was playing in his heart, and it made all the difference in the world. Well, Tony Campolo tells the story of a preaching competition that went on one time. Yes, they have such a thing, preaching competitions. Campolo was part of this competition. He got up and preached, and he preached what he thought was the perfect sermon. I mean, he just lifted the congregation to the heights of glory. And then he sat down next to this small little older black preacher by the name of S.M. Lockridge. And that little black preacher just patted him on the knee and said, Boy, watch the master. (laughs) S.M. Lockridge got up. He passed away, by the way, in 2000. He was pastor in San Diego. He got up and he preached a simple sermon built on one phrase. It's Friday, but Sunday's coming. He started softly and he built in volume and intensity until the whole congregation was completely involved. Campolo states that the older black pastor just kept repeating that one frame over and over and the congregation was in a frenzy. And after an hour and a half, certainly wasn't a Baptist church, after an hour and a half, at the end of the sermon, he cried out, it's Friday, and the congregation stood to its feet and said, but Sunday's coming. A lot of preachers over the years, including Campolo and others, have adopted their own version of that sermon, as have I through the years. It's been my blessing and opportunity to preach this sermon even in Russia and to pastors' conferences. And so Lockridge's sermon went a little bit like this, but this is my own. It's Friday. Jesus is praying. Peter is sleeping. Judas is betraying. But Sunday's coming. It's Friday. Jesus is arrested in the garden, put in chains, and drugged before the Sanhedrin. But Sunday's coming. It's Friday. The disciples are hiding. Peter's denying, and the witnesses are lying. It's Friday. But Sunday's coming. It's Friday. Jesus is standing before the high priest of Israel, silent as a lamb before the slaughter. Will no one speak up for my Lord? It's Friday. But Sunday's coming. It's Friday. Jesus is mocked. They spit on my Lord. They send him back to Pilate. It's Friday. But Sunday's coming. It's Friday. Pilate is troubled. The council is conspiring. And the Pharisees are smiling. But let me tell you something. Sunday's coming. It's Friday. The Roman soldiers beat my Jesus. They wrap him in scarlet. They crown him with thorns. It's Friday. And they don't even know. It's Sunday's coming. It's Friday. See him walk into Calvary, the blood dripping from his body. See the cross on his back as he stumbles beneath the load. It's Friday. But Sunday's coming. It's Friday. The Roman soldiers nail my Savior's hands to the cross. They nail my Savior's feet to the cross. Then they raise him up next to two criminals. But it's Friday. But let me tell you something. Sunday's coming. 
It's Friday. Jesus is hanging on the cross. He is bloody and dying. Hear my Jesus cry, Father, forgive them. But remember, it's only Friday. Sunday's coming. It's Friday. Mary's crying. The disciples are running in every direction like sheep without a shepherd. But it's Friday and Sunday's coming. It's Friday. The sky grows dark. The earth begins to tremble. And he who knew no sin became sin for us. And Jesus cries out, my God, my God. But it's only Friday. Don't forget, Sunday's coming. It's Friday. Jesus is dying on the cross. Heaven is weeping and hell is partying. That's because it's Friday And hell doesn't know it, (laughs) but Sunday's coming. It's Friday. The world is winning, the people are sinning, and the devil is grinning. But let me tell you something. Sunday's coming. It's Friday. Jesus is dead, and they place his body in a tomb. They roll the stone in its place, and they put soldiers to guard it. But they don't know. It's only Friday. Sunday's coming. And on that horrible Friday 2,000 years ago, Jesus the Christ, the Lord of glory, the only begotten Son of God, the only perfect man died on the cross, and Satan thought he had won. Ah, my friends, but that was Friday because Sunday's coming. And Sunday came. And just about dawn, the earth began to shake, and those guards became afraid. And the angel of the Lord came down and rolled the stone away, and Jesus arose from the grave. And the soldiers ran in fear, for the lamb that was slain was now the Lion of Judah. And the angel sat on the stone and waited to say those glorious words, Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He is risen. It's Sunday, and the crucified and resurrected Christ has defeated death. He has defeated hell. He has defeated sin, and he has overcome the grave. It's Sunday, and now everything has changed. It's the age of grace. It's the age of forgiveness. It's the age of hope, all which is freely given to all who believe, all because it's Sunday. Now, some of you are looking at the world and you're saying, as things have been, so they shall ever be. You can't change anything in this world. You just can't change anything in this world. But don't you know, it's only Friday. There's another Sunday coming. It's Friday and the forces of evil that oppress the poor and keep people down, the forces that destroy people, the forces that are in control, the forces that think they rule, they don't know that it's only Friday. There's another Sunday coming. It's Friday, and some people are saying there's darkness in the world and sadness every way, but they don't know it's only Friday and Sunday's coming. It's Friday, and even though this world is broken and there's wars and rumors of wars, we know it's only Friday. But let me tell you, church, another Sunday's coming. So if you're downcast and troubled, worried or perplexed, don't forget it's only Friday. Sunday's coming. 
If you're scared of the future and your heart is aching and you think all is lost, just remember it's only Friday. Listen to the music of the resurrection within. Sunday's coming. And as the days go by and my body is aging and I can't do the things I used to do, i got to remember it's only Friday. Sunday's coming. And one day this old heart's going to stop. And they'll put me in a box and they'll stick me in the ground. But I'm here to tell you, it's only Friday. Sunday's coming. Oh, grave, where is your victory? Oh, death, where is your sting? It's Friday. But Sunday's coming. Church, are you ready? Are you here to proclaim? It may be Friday, but... Now, I prepped you for that long and hard. It's Friday, but... Sunday's coming. Amen. He is risen. He is risen All right. Worship team, come on up. So, as you go through life, just remember, the victory's already been won. The music of the resurrection should be playing in your heart. And no matter what happens out there in the world, just know there's another Sunday coming. God bless you all. Thank you.